Hello, and welcome to Market Matters, Thompson Hines' podcast series that explores critical legal and regulatory issues affecting the investment management industry. I am Philip Sinning, an associate in the Investment Management Group. Today's topic is the fiduciary exception to the attorney-client privilege. The attorney-client privilege is the hallmark of the U.S. legal system. It's a privilege that belongs to the client and permits the free flow of communications between clients and their lawyers. It allows clients to receive the best possible counsel without fear of exposing themselves to additional liability. But as the name suggests, it is a privilege, not a right. The attorney-client privilege can be waived, most commonly by discussing privilege matters with individuals outside the attorney-client relationship. There are also exceptions to the attorney-client privilege. One such exception, the fiduciary exception, was invoked in the mutual fund context in November 2016 by a district court in the Western District of Washington. In Kenny v. Pacific Investment Management Company, a mutual fund shareholder sued the fund's investment advisor for breach of fiduciary duty. The shareholder alleged that the advisor charged the fund excessive fees and failed to pass on economies of scale. The shareholder issued subpoenas to the fund's trustees, who were not defendants in the lawsuit, to gather evidence against the advisor. Among the evidence the shareholder sought were communications between the trustees and their counsel. Those communications squarely fell within the attorney-client privilege. In an unprecedented decision, the Kenny court invoked the fiduciary exception to the attorney-client privilege and ordered the trustees to turn over nearly 200 documents. The court ruled that the fiduciary exception applied in this case because the trustees had a fiduciary relationship to the shareholder. The court reasoned that the legal advice sought by the trustees concerned the fund and any such advice was ultimately for the shareholder's benefit. Also, none of the advice in the subpoenaed documents were sought in anticipation of litigation. Despite the court's stated intentions of protecting shareholders, the Kenny decision, in the long run, could have the opposite effect if trustees become hesitant to seek advice from counsel. Moreover, the Kenny decision left unanswered several pressing questions. Will discussions about the renewal of advisory agreements, the retirement of trustees, matters of board governance, all become fodder for disclosure at a shareholder's request? Will the Ninth Circuit uphold Kenny if it goes up on appeal? Will other courts follow Kenny? The first court to address these issues, post-Kenny, suggests that Kenny's repercussions will be limited. In April, a district court for the Northern District of Illinois required more than just showing a fiduciary relationship to invoke the fiduciary exception to the attorney-client privilege. In Calamos Growth Fund v. Calamos Advisors, a federal court in Illinois ruled on a similar subpoena like the one in Kenny, issued to trustees in an excessive fee litigation but with an entirely different result. The Calamos court held that in addition to showing a fiduciary relationship, 
The party seeking information must also demonstrate good cause before invoking the fiduciary exception to the attorney-client privilege. This second step, the element of good cause, is a high threshold to meet. First, it requires that the information being sought must be essential to the subpoenaing party's case. Second, although the court acknowledged that the nature of privileged communication means that the documents themselves cannot be obtained elsewhere, it held that good cause requires that the information contained within the documents cannot be gathered or compiled from non-privileged sources. To meet the second requirement, parties seeking information must know exactly what they are looking for. Courts will not indulge fishing expeditions or mere conjecture. The party must be able to state definitively what information is contained within the communications and why that information is unavailable elsewhere. Given the comprehensive public record of a board's deliberations in managing a fund and in executing its statutory and fiduciary duties, the addition of good cause makes it difficult for shareholders to invoke the fiduciary exception. Indeed, the court in Calamos denied the shareholders' motion to compel on the basis of the attorney-client privilege. While the Calamos decision fortifies the shield of the attorney-client privilege, Kenny remains good law in Washington, and there is always the possibility that courts will apply the fiduciary exception and require production of communications between trustees and their counsel. Because the attorney-client privilege is not absolute, we believe the preferred course of action is to be circumspect and prudent with matters of a particularly sensitive nature. Meet with your attorneys in person or discuss privileged matters verbally instead of sending an email. Verbal communications is still the best method of preserving attorney-client confidences. Thank you for listening to Market Matters. I hope you found the information shared during today's program valuable. If you would like to learn more about today's topic or Thompson Hines Investment Management Group, please visit thompsonhine.com. With approximately 400 lawyers and seven offices, Thompson Hine is a full-service business law firm recognized for innovation in client service. Our smart path approach provides clients with service that is predictable, efficient, and aligned with their goals. Thank you.